Hello, everybody! Happy, happy, happy Tuesday, everyone! How's everyone doing today? And welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? And today, my friend, oh my God, I have a special guest for all of us. And when I say special, my friend, I really mean it. Or you might say it's someone legendary. So let me tell you. Let me introduce you, my incredible guest, Dan Jiang Jingyan. What a great name! Let me tell you a little bit about Dan. First of all, he competed nine years, my friend, nine years internationally in bobsledding. I have no idea what that sport even is. It looks so exciting last night when I Google it. He taking the silver medal in 2005 American Cups, and then he also participated in 2002 the Salt Lake City Olympic Games. Oh my God, Olympic! That's so amazing. He then is an actor in many reality shows, TV's, movies, and guess what? His life story is featured in 2018 the Golden Global Winning Field, the Rome. He then is also the host for the Home Shopping Network and QVC. And 2013, my friend, he was featured on the Wheel of the Fortune, the one that we all love.、Um, I'm not even finished yet, my friend. He was one of the owner for the popular fancy restaurant in Hollywood named Gainsay House and a fancy one in Austin, Texas. Well, he then. As a founder and a CEO for Speed Menu, a technology company, allow all the users to order the food, the drink directly from the phone to the tab. We all love that. And today, oh my God, today he is the owner for the Great Iron Financial with offices across all the nation. And he is professional, a coach, a trainer, bring all his life experience, empower others to do exactly what he did. Today, he also has a wonderful book called "The Book on Selling," which you all should read it. With that, my friend, I am so, 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 so excited to welcome the one and the only Dan. And thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. Welcome to the show. I love it, Wen. Thanks for having me on. That was. Uh, an amazing, amazing introduction. Just, just as I wrote it for you. So perfect. <laughs> yes, we are so excited you are here with us, Dan. And oh my God, like your story is something special. So tell us that how does all that magic, how did all that journey begin? Well, you know, I, I was I was very fortunate、um, when I when I was brought up.、Uh, I I was raised in Northern California, and、uh, I was brought up by. Uh, my family, but also my grandmother who lived with us, and she was amazing because、um, I'm Armenian of descent, and so my grandmother was、uh, one of the survivors of the Armenian genocide back in、uh, the early 1900s, right, beginning of the、wow. 20th century. So,、mm-hmm. you know, growing up with her, and she always had such a great attitude and just a great、uh, outlook on life. But you know, she she overcame a lot. You know, she saw her family killed.、Uh, she was、wow. reunited with a brother that she thought had passed away、uh, when、mm-hmm. she was in her 60s. Um, and、wow. so, just but but maintaining that great attitude, she lived to be almost 101. Wow! As a matter of fact, my seven-year-old daughter is named after her.、Um, oh! But yeah, so it was a、uh, it was just very, you know, when you when you live with somebody like that,、mm-hmm. and you realize that life could be very very short, you know, everything can end tomorrow. 
you just, I think you just push forward and you try and accomplish what you can as quickly as possible. So I think that, that mm-hmm. had a lot to do with any success I've had has been uh, really due to mm-hmm. that, I think. Wow. That's so beautiful. And talk about multi-passionate entrepreneurs. You are not just one thing. You're not just two things. You're not just three things. You are a thousand things. So tell us, is it always, are you always like that? You're just always curious? Well, how does all those masterpieces unfold? Well, I think, you know, um, there was a, a, a cool lesson I was taught when I started in business, and that was to create uh, kind of a dreams list, right? And so mm. a dreams list is where you kind of write down the things that you want to accomplish in life. And these aren't like, hey, I want to get all my thank you cards written. You know, this is like, <laughs> I'd like to be professionally published or I'd like to travel, Mm -hmm. you know, backpack Mm -hmm. Europe, or I'd like to, uh, I don't know, uh, be a professional singer or, you know, be president. You know, I mean, people put down different aspirations, things that they really, really want to accomplish. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I would put these lists together and Mm -hmm. I would love marking them off. And so I think, (laughs) I think when you write those things down, it really gives you, uh, it gives you something to shoot for, right? It's easy to Mm -hmm. shoot an arrow into the woods, but it's a lot easier to hit a target if you actually have a target with a with mm-hmm. a, a point on it that you're shooting for, a bullseye. And so mm-hmm. I think by creating bullseyes for yourself constantly and then mm-hmm. reevaluating that uh, that stuff, I think it it gives mm-hmm. you something to really shoot and aim for. So that's really break it down. I love that, Dan. But logistically, when you make a list, do you make a time frame? For example, do you say, you know what? I'm going to make it to Hollywood in next five years. I'm going to be the, the world best you know, sellers on this time. Like, do you, how do you compartmentalize? Because I was wondering, Dan, do you have 48 hours a day instead of 24 <laughs> hours? Like you accomplish almost multiple different careers in such a different angle and direction. And every one of it is a whole new game, right? Talking about great attitude, talking about great perspective, all that, of course you have it, but yet you're able to compartmentalize everything and really let it unfold the whole list you write down, it all come true. It's almost like I'm reading something that it was just, it's crazy. So tell us, how does it actually happen for you? So there's a great exercise. Um, when I do my coaching, I like to put some of my coaching clients through it. And it's called the Warren Buffett exercise. Have you, have you heard of the Warren Buffett exercise? I heard of him. So tell me more. <laughs> so in the Warren Buffett exercise, what you do is you write down the 25 things that you'd really like to accomplish, right? And, mm-hmm. and they could be short-term, long-term, medium-term, whatever you want, but what are the 25 things that you most want to accomplish in life? Mm-hmm. And then you take the next step in that process is you figure out of those 25, what are the five in that list that are the most important that you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually tell people, think about the five that you want to accomplish the soonest that you really, mm-hmm. that are important to you. So you've got to kind mm-hmm. of balance importance and and uh, time at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is the hardest part of the exercise. Once you determine those five, you have to look at the other 20 and make a mental determination that you are not going to do anything to pursue those other 20 until those five are accomplished. Oh, I love that. So, you know, that way you, you start to, again, it goes back to focus, right? Instead of mm-hmm. thinking about all these things you'd like to do and getting overwhelmed, Mm-hmm. You've got five things that you have to do because all these other things that you're really looking forward to, you're not allowed to do mm-hmm. until you get these first five done. Mm-hmm. And it's just wow. a really, really good way to get people to focus mm-hmm. on what's important and do it today. I love that. That mental discipline truly is what made you who you are today. I think one of the reasons, of course, I would like to, first of all, I want to talk about one experience that you wrote on your book about 
When you're a teenager, you knock on door, neighbor to neighbor, to find a lodging for yourself. Like talking about taking risks, talking about discipline, talking about focus. Tell us about that experience and how that shaped who you are today. Uh, in college, I worked for a company called the Southwestern Company. I got recruited as、mm-hmm. a college student, and I worked for them for five summers. And、mm-hmm. uh, it's it's one of the most unique things when you've ever heard of.、Um, we would get <laughs> I was at, I was at Cal Poly in, in Central California, right on the coast out there, and they would recruit us. We would、um, drive from there all the way out to Nashville, Tennessee, which is、mm-hmm. about forty four hours. We would go through a week of sales training. And then、mm-hmm. we would drive from Nashville, Tennessee, to some area. We like my first summer. I worked up in New Jersey, and so you're driving another thirty hours up to New Jersey. Oh my god! Literally knocking on doors, trying to find a place to live, saying, "Hey, I'm a college student. I'm not here to party, just out here to work." <laughs> and、uh, you know, we would find places to live. No, I, I, I kid you not. That was how we would find a place to live for the summer. And then we'd go out and we'd work eighty hours a week, knocking on doors, selling educational books for kids. And wow. It was it was great because it it allowed me to do something that made me a lot of money for school, but more important because all that money's gone now, right? That、mm-hmm. money's been gone for decades.、Mm-hmm. But the coolest thing is you learn these fundamental skills as far as you really learn that you can create、um, business where none existed before. You 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 know it's not like you have people calling you saying, "Hey, I'd like to buy books."、Mm-hmm. You're knocking on doors, talking to people that were never thinking about <laughs> purchasing something like that, and you're. Showing them why this would be a great thing to fill the needs of what their kids are going to need the, in the upcoming school year, and、mm-hmm. um, those those skills, those attributes, I think, absolutely have continued to serve me、mm-hmm. throughout life, and I think they're great skills for anybody to learn. Were you at that time? You were just, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, whatever the age is. Were you never afraid? Were you never felt like, oh my God, will someone say no? Like, how do you able to overcome that, you know, rejection at such a young age, and really just keep going, even though it sounds absurd and bizarre? You're like, damn,、right. I'm driving to New Jersey. I'm on my way. Like, how did you have that mental? Like, how did you make that decision? How do you know that's what you want? And how do you overcome those? We all have moment of insecurity or fear or anxiety. How do you overcome those?、Um, I think sometimes you just have to. You have to. <laughs> Let me change what I'm about to say. So when something feels uncomfortable to、mm-hmm. me, I usually realize that that's probably what I should be doing, right?、Um, if there's、wow. a decision to be made, if it if it if it feels uncomfortable, like man, I just I'd rather do this other thing. I'd rather、mm-hmm. relax on the beach or put my feet up and do nothing. That、mm-hmm. thing that I'm just comfortable about is probably the thing I should be doing.、Mm-hmm. And so I, I constantly throw myself into situations where I don't feel comfortable. Like I I grew up with a fear <laughs> of heights. But you know, I went bungee cord jumping when I was in college off a bridge, and I, you know, I got、oh, wow. my pilot's license and learned how to fly, because those are things that really forced me to overcome my fear of heights. And I still have a fear of heights,、mm-hmm. but I just realized that there's a part of me now that really realizes that that it's irrational. You know that, you know, if I go out and knock on a door, or if I'm going out and trying to sell,、mm-hmm. I realize that the fears that I feel are are ninety percent of the time irrational. They have, they're not based in any reality. If I go to sell somebody. The word no is not going to kill me. It's not going to injure me. It's not going to, you know, it may it may be a little depressing or a little dejecting, but it's not it's not going to do the things that my brain is telling me it's going to do. Does that make sense? So really, to sum sum up, good news: we will not die if people say no.、Right. I love that. You will not die.、Um, <laughs> I really love that. Dying, you know, in a, such a young age, and you have that experience and. 
that determination, that focus, that discipline of really just go after even what you fear and really just overcome that. I think that really, you know, shape who you are as an unstoppable serial entrepreneurs. And I wanted to pivot our topic, talk about bobsledding. Like that's a legit, legit sports. People like compete lifetime for you. Compete for nine years. Talk, talk about Olympic games. How does that experience feel? Is it just like selling books door to door? How does that come about? Well, you know, I'll say this. It's funny because people look at the result and not what it took to get there, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, being in the Olympics was an amazing opportunity. It was, uh, I mean, one of the the neatest things I've ever experienced in my entire life. You know, it was, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to share it with my family, you know, my parents were out there. Some of my best friends were out there. Um, it was it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I, I could spend days talking to you about that experience. But what a lot of people don't realize is that you know, there, there were years of work that went in before we ever qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's amazing that we did qualify. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to be in the Olympics the four years after that in, in uh, Torino, Italy. Mm. And because of injury, we weren't able to get in there. We almost didn't make the Olympics in 2002 because of the same reasons. Uh, that, wow. There's a lot of great athletes that don't make it in. Oh. And we, uh, uh, you know, my brake man, uh, Ara Bezgen, had, had uh, uh, injured his back. I had to find a replacement brake man. Thankfully, the points that it, that mm-hmm. you need to accumulate to make the Olympics are are with the driver, and I was the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but we qualified in the last run of our last race of that 2001-2002 season, and wow, it, it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was an amazing it was an amazing journey. But that's mm-hmm. the thing is that sometimes people see the destination and they think that that's all that it's about, and the whole thing was about getting there and and being mm-hmm. able to qualify. Uh, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. You said the last season, the last game, and you've been told that, oh, you're going to Olympics next year. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Did you? Wow, that, that, that's insane. It was insane, yeah. It was, it was the season of the Olympics. So what happens is mm-hmm. in winter sports like that, every four years, the Olympics takes the place of the world championship. So there's, mm-hmm. there's basically an Olympics every year. But in, in skiing and snowboarding, and what, it's called the World, uh, the world mm-hmm. Cup, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the World <laughs> Cup was replaced in that year, every four years, by the Olympics. And that's the center stage. That's what everybody gets a chance to see it. So that nine years, you just knew that for you, the game is get to Olympics. That's your focus in that nine-year training. You know, it, it's funny. It wasn't, it wasn't about that. It, uh, the, the Olympics, when it, when it got close and we realized that we had the ability Mm-hmm. to do it if we really extended ourselves that mm-hmm. absolutely that was one of the goals that we chose during that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i didn't i didn't get involved in bobsledding to be an olympic athlete i got involved in bobsledding mm-hmm. because i love the sport i love speed you know i loved uh riding motorcycles so this was very very similar but it's on ice mm-hmm. and the sport itself i absolutely loved you know i it was something that i was passionate about because we would do eight or nine races every single year and mm-hmm. those races would be all over the United States. They'd be in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Canada. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it's a lot of work because you have to ship yeah. this ginormous sled, you know, it was a 400 pound <laughs> crate, you know, yeah. nine feet by three feet by two feet. I still remember. And if you went overseas, you had to get a customs officer. It was insane. So there was a lot of passion behind doing it. So talk to me about your experience in a sporting world at the beginning, how that shaped you, who you are today as a businessman and the lessons you learned along the way. I think they're all intertwined. You know, I think sports mm-hmm. is just an extension of, 
of anything you do, right? Whether it's business mm -hmm. or whether it's, uh, you know, being with a great partner as far as being in love or being married, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to have a commitment to doing certain things. You need to be able to compartmentalize, you know, uh, for example, on a bobsled track, mm -hmm. it, it's really an interesting sport because when you start in bobsledding, uh, the actual race, you've got to hit the sled as hard as you can and run as hard as you can and, and drive the sled as fast as you can because you're the motor. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you jump in the sled, you've got to wash all that away. And you've got to suddenly be very calm and serene to be able to drive. You can't have your adrenaline high because everything is very, very, mm -hmm. uh, it's very small movements you made when you're driving. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be very aware of the track. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true in everything. Right. I mean, there's times in our business career where we've got to be very intense and, mm -hmm. and pushing forward, but then we've also got to know how to balance our teams. Right. We mm -hmm. need to know how to be different personalities for different people because what motivates mm -hmm. when they motivate Dan in a different way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think, I think the tie-ins between sports and between uh, almost anything are, are absolute. I mean, you're, you're always going to have those same uh, obstacles to overcome, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, it just, it makes it exciting. Every, every one of those things is exciting. Oh my God. You are just so amazing. I love, love, love. <laughs> you just have such a passion and drive to everything that comes to your way. I think you just, just just not afraid spirit just want to go try and conquer it and move on to the next thing this is amazing talking about business and let's pivot a little bit you know you were a founder and ceo for speed menu like how do you switch from oh that to how does that happen and do you always knew i know you said you have a list you have like 25 things is entrepreneur always on your list is that always a game yeah i think i think you know, I, I think there's there's people that are very, very engaged by the idea that that they can kind of run things and make things happen, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've I've been successful as an entrepreneur. I've also failed as an entrepreneur. So I mean, you you learn both, and you and you learn more from the failures than you do from your successes, right? I mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely believe that. Um, but I think, you know, I I think that uh, for me, I know that I, I really love the idea of creation. Right. And, and making something from nothing. And I think that started with selling books where you're creating, like I said, mm -hmm. creating business from nowhere. But then like the idea of speed menu was saying, hey, here's this gap that I see in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's this thing that I know can make a huge difference. Imagine if there was an app that you could have on your phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how many of us have been at a restaurant at the end of the, the you know, we're sitting there. And we can't find our waitress. Mm -hmm. and we want to order another drink or maybe mm -hmm. we really need to rush out. and We want to pay. You know, and you think about the fact that to get to, to pay your bill. I've got to get the waitress to come over or the waiter. I've yeah. got to tell them, hey, I'm ready to pay. They go back to the POS machine, yeah. right? point of service. They, they print it out. Then they bring it back to me. Mm -hmm. They leave again. Then I put my card out. The person has to come again, get the card, take it back to the machine, bring it back again, and then I sign and I can leave. So imagine if I had a phone where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to leave. I look, there's my bill. I pay it, and I leave. Mm -hmm. It's one step instead of seven. Right. And that, that was something I just thought, this is something we need to solve. And unfortunately, speed menu did not become the worldwide sensation. I thought it would be, but it did turn into other things. Uh, you know, when we, uh, when we moved on from the business, it, it, uh, it served a very, very positive purpose, uh, but it was a lot of fun to do along the lines. I love that. I love that you recognize it's a problem. You were like, damn, I'm going to solve this. And at that moment, I imagine you are not software developers. You don't really know how all the things worked, but you're like, damn, I'm going to make it. And you just go for it. That's incredible. 
tell us about that. You just are you just making a decision and therefore you just do it? Like there's nothing hold you back. <laughs> no, I think you know. I think uh, you know. All of us have ideas, right? We wake up in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. Oh my gosh, you know, I should make brake lights that get brighter wherever, as as fresh. <laughs> you know, that's like an idea I've had for years, but nobody. <laughs> But, you know, you get these ideas and you have to kind of uh, be your own filter because a lot of times, let's be mm-hmm. honest, you know, you could have a, the greatest idea in the world and talk to friends about it. Mm-hmm. And most people feel like they're doing you a favor by telling you that that won't ever work. Right. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times I've heard, you know, when I went to go sell books, I remember my parents were like, you know, we never let people in our house. Nobody does that. You'll never be able to be successful at that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when I've started different businesses and they go, man, I mean, mm-hmm. you would have to raise too much money. And very frankly, most restaurants fail, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's just, you know, so you, you're constantly going to have your detractors and sometimes your detractors are your very best mm-hmm. friends and they feel like they're protecting you mm-hmm. by stopping you. And you've got to, you've got to basically make the decision on the things that you feel passionate about that that's something I'm going to pursue and I'm going to push Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to get through every obstacle until I make it succeed. That's difficult, but you know, it's, but it's part of the process. So, do you always know how to make decisions, or do you frost that muscle along the way? How do you know with all the no, you should not do it? That's dumb idea. Whatever all those you know noises coming from people you love, your friends, your family. How do you decipher and decide? You know what? Damn it! I'm going to change the world, and this is I'm going despite what you said. How do you decipher, right? How do you decide? How do you know that's for you? Well, I think you have to. You have to. You know, we're we're all living with our own consciousness, right? You have to make those decisions <laughs> on your own. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to live with you, right? Mm-hmm. So the question is, you know, when do you do you look at it and say, if I were to not try this, would I be okay with that? You know, if you're okay with it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But mean, you know, when I drive by a cemetery, I tell my kids, I go, I want you to look out there. Mm-hmm. And what do you see out there? And I've told my kids this, mm-hmm. and and they know now what the answer is. The answer is buried underneath that ground is not just flesh and bone; mm-hmm. it's the dreams and the aspirations, it's music albums, it's books that were never written, wow. it was inventions that were never made. Because these people always thought, eh, "I'm not going to do it," or "I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I could make it," or "Nobody's going to buy that," mm-hmm. or or nobody wants to hear me sing, and it's been buried with them, and that's it. We've got a we've got a finite amount of time on this earth, mm-hmm. and if you really believe, because look, we get ideas and we're like, oh, I could I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But when you've got that idea and you're like, man, this is it, and I just know this is it. Mm-hmm. How many times do we do we shelve that or put it away for another day? Probably mm-hmm. too much. So I think sometimes you've got to you've got to be your own filter and say, you know what, I believe in this and I'm going to do whatever I can to make this work. Wow, it's really beautiful, Dan. What you just said, I I, I felt. I just felt so inspired. I'm thinking about yeah, there are so many, not just the flesh and the bone underneath, but there are so many dreams being buried under. And I just such a cliche, such a pity because I think in my mind, I think we all agree on this: is life is so short, and the fact that right now, if you and me, we can see this beautiful, beautiful world with our eyes, with our hands. If you have technology, you have internet, my friend. You and me, we are the lottery winners. We are the lucky one. If you have a dream, if you have ambition, you have the music you want to create, go do them. It's so beautiful what you just said. Just remind me even more reinforce that. Wow, it's so beautiful. But when you're doing it, right? I mean, look at your <laughs> look at your podcast. Look at what you're doing right now. If not now, when? How many people have thought, oh, I'm going to put together a, a podcast, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that? And it's like you said, all the tools are available to us. This didn't exist when we were kids. 
I mean, I'm being, I don't, I don't want to date myself, but you know, there were no cell phones in 1990 until like 1996, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have these opportunities as kids and you're doing it right now by, by doing what you're doing. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It made me so happy because I felt like I made my dream come true a decade ago and that had transformed my life. And today I really want to empower everybody to go out there to dream, to make it happen. Because my friend, if not you, whom? If not now, when? <laughs> All right. So Oh my God, Dan, I just, I love, love, love your story and you have so much to cover. So let's talk about movie business. Let's talk about TV show. Let's talk about Wheel of Fortune. How's that come from? And do you always know you want to be an actor? Yeah, well, Wheel of Fortune is a little bit different just because, you know, you apply for the show, you know, <laughs> and I actually, I remember when I got, I got an email from the, uh, from, from the producers saying, Hey, you've been invited to this thing, you know, this audition out in Austin. And, uh, I, I actually deleted it. Because I, I just thought, you know, we all get spam. And I just thought it was spam. <laughs> and I, I mentioned it to my mom. And my mom said, well, did you ever apply? And I said, I, yeah, I, I, I filled out an application before. And she goes, you should probably look at it. So I looked <laughs> and I called up and and uh, and uh, because it said, hey, you know, we want you to be at this location. And I knew the area where, where the audition was being held. I hadn't heard of location. And so I called that location. I said, hey, I'm calling because uh, I, I'm invited out there for the Wheel of Fortune audition and i just wanted to know where i should park and the lady goes oh yeah no you want to park in the back side of the parking lot and that's going to be on this particular weekend blah blah, blah. and mm -hmm. i was like oh my god this is real right so that was that was really interesting that was a lot of fun and um and i think my acting helped with that just because they they want you know when you go and audition it's not just you and me sitting down talking you're in a room with 60 people and you're literally playing the game and they want to see, they want to make sure that you can smile and clap constantly because it's, <laughs> on the show. it's just a lot of fun stuff, right? But um, yeah, the other, the other side of it, the acting side was, it was, like you said, it was a goal of mine. I moved to LA mm -hmm. um, after the Olympics actually, mm -hmm. and, you know, got headshots made and I just, I learned what I needed to do to, to get into the acting swing of things and was very fortunate. I got to be a, an extra on a lot mm -hmm. of really big movies like Sea Biscuit and The Longest Yard and movies like that. And then I got to be in a bunch of independent films, one of which turned out to be the worst film of all time, right? The Room, and uh, you know, played a thug on that, and, and that's just crazy. That there's there's no skill there. That's just luck to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but it was funny because that movie at the time we thought this is miserable. I mean, they had so many people walk off the set, uh, but that's what makes it a great movie, right? It was just the, all the stories behind it. Um, but that led to other things, right? That opened up doors to being in reality series, and all these things went work together. Mm -hmm. Right. I got into a bunch of these reality shows because of bobsledding, not because of acting. Mm. But then the bobsledding and the acting opened up doors where I was getting offered roles and offered parts in certain things. I mm -hmm. mean, some things you wouldn't even believe. Um, <laughs> uh, but but some of these opportunities that came up were just because of other things I had done. And they all started to stack together mm -hmm. and open up new doors. So, you know, the best suggestion I can make to anybody is don't like you said, I mean, I'm not doing one thing. It's, you know, go out there and. and Go after the things you're passionate about because you never know where it's going to lead and how those things might combine and make something even better for you. So beautiful. Oh, my God. You, your story is just, oh, my God. I'm really, really inspired. I can't believe I have this conversation with you in real life. And you are a real human being. And I actually know you. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is so, 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 so real and so honored of me. And then, you know, talking about 
be intentional about your career and really just go out what you, what you really love and passion and really you know pay the wave. And today you are, of course really successful. I'm curious, um, what do you think has made you success? Like maybe probably not just one thing, right? But how do you kind of differentiate yourself from all other people out there? Maybe also do bobsledding, maybe also in the moving field business, maybe also do all the things along the way, but there are thousands, if not millions of all rest of them. How, what made you stand out? What made you successful? And then, then that and pivot to tech and then, you know, do all those crazy things. There's only one year, one then. Like how, what made you so incredible who you are? Well, first, I, I I don't know if I deserve all that praise, but thank you. Uh, that's that's incredibly sweet and and very honestly, when I'm I feel very very fortunate to know you and have you know spent time with you and Eric and I mean, so let's let's just make that very clear. I feel very fortunate uh, as well. So thank you. Uh, but to answer your question, you know, my definition of success is, is probably a little bit different. It's not. You know, I've got a five five word phrase I love to live by. You know, it's all Ooh. about good times. That's my phrase. It's all about good times. And oh, I love that. But see, it's it, to me, it ties into family. It ties into friends. You know, I've been very, mm-hmm. very fortunate because I've had. I mean, my friends are the best friends in the entire world. I could not ask for a better group of people in my life. You know, some of them I haven't seen as often as I'd like because a lot of them live in California. Mm-hmm. I'm in Austin. My friends in Austin, I'm so close with. I've got an amazing relationship with my family. My brother and sister mm-hmm. are two of my very best friends. I've already talked to both of them this morning, and it's already, you know, you, you know, <laughs> it's early in the morning, and I've already spoken to both of them. So mm-hmm. that's that's how close I am with them. Mm-hmm. My kids are like uh, my absolute life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I I feel very fortunate. That's where success lies for me. Mm-hmm. The other stuff is just kind of imagine it being hobbies, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, I I got a chance to go out and do sports. You know, I got a chance to you know author stuff. Well, that. To me, those are just things that I love and I find passion for and I make time for, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been times in my life where that has been a focus, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's starting a new business. Um, but even then it's like, okay, well, I've had to work at jobs that maybe I didn't enjoy as much to mm-hmm. be able to have the money to be able to take the time necessary to do that. Mm-hmm. Or I've had to network to be able to have the friends that want to invest in things or the business partners that have wanted to invest in things that have allowed mm-hmm. me to do those things. So all those things tie around just living a really positive, good life. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I just feel so blessed. And if I could wrap up with one thing on that topic, mm-hmm. you know, I really believe that there's a, a an enormous difference between success and significance. Mm. You know, success can be financial. It can be a lot of things, but you know, like I'm at a time in my life now where it's like, I want to be significant. I want to be significant to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the dad that, Hey, he was a good provider, but he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to spend time with them, especially while they're young and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're at home, um, mm-hmm. especially my seven-year-old who I absolutely adore doing things with and spending time with. Yeah. Uh, I want to be significant. I want to, I want to, I want to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but not necessarily because I need a lot of money. I don't, mm-hmm. I want to make a lot of money because if I'm in a situation and I meet somebody that's trying to open a, mm-hmm. a, a non-for-profit and they're $50,000 shy of hitting their goal, I'd like to just be able to take out my checkbook and write a check and just say, here, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that I think, um, you know, you know, they say money, you can't take it with you, but if you know how to make it, then, you know, where can we put it that's going to make the biggest impact? And I think those are the places that I'd really like to, you know, see uh, my, my time spent, you know, moving forward. Wow. I love that, Dan. And I really want to say I'm so, so honored. I can count as one of your friends in Austin. So that's amazing. 
And, you know, that really brings me to my next question is today, of course, you know, there's a revolution of your life and your journey, your focus, right? Today is family, it's people, it's community. I'm curious, you know, what, what inspired you today? Like, is that, that is a focus or is it something else? Like, because right now you sound like a person that have multiple games and you're just like, damn, I'm crushing this, moving to the next thing. And one thing after another, another door open. So I'm curious, you know, what inspired you today and what is next for you? That's a really interesting question too. I've been I've been in a major transition. I think the last uh, the last year, mm-hmm. and uh, you talked about you know my company that I have right now, Gridiron Financial, which uh, you know I'm still still working with, but I, I'm more consulting and I've kind of moved out of the role of you know CEO of that company mm-hmm. uh, of my company at that point, and I'm I'm now really focused on moving back into technology, which is a sector I loved. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited. If you want to know what inspires me. The company I'm working with, the people I'm working with now, I am just so fired up to help them create a sales culture and to create mm-hmm. the systems that they need to be successful. And again, so this is drawing from things I've done in the past and things that mm-hmm. I've learned and failures I've had. Mm-hmm. And I can take all that breadth of knowledge and bring it to them. And And I love implementing and starting to see those things come together there and, mm-hmm. and building up you know, their business and, and helping them achieve their goals mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's so much fun. You know, I love it. It's, it's consultative and it's exciting, you know? So let's talk about that. Like I, you are so, so passionate about sellings and you have this incredible new book coming out, the book on selling. So tell us a little bit about the book and how can people find it? When do people expect to get it? Tell us more. So I'm expecting the book should, should be on shelves um, in either March or April of this year. We've already got a publisher and everything is is lined up. So we're looking at, at probably uh, March or April that'll be coming out. And it's really ba- based on teaching people the art of selling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Teaching them the, the cycle of sales as it may be. There's a lot of books that kind of touch on it, but don't really delve into it. And, you know, there's a lot of authors that that teach motivation and teach excitement and teach. And those are great books. Mm-hmm. And those things are true. You know, you, you need to learn those, but you also need the technical know-how to say, look, when I go out and I want to sell something, mm-hmm. what is that process? And maybe you you understand it, but maybe you just need help in certain areas of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're brand new or whether or not you've been in the industry for a while, mm-hmm. uh, the book is exciting for me because it it fills a gap that I found as a manager where I'm trying to teach mm-hmm. new people how to sell. All that stuff mm-hmm. that I teach is in the book. Mm-hmm. And if I'm trying to teach managers how to train and work with their people, they can also use the book in in those contexts, right? They can you know, have their uh, weekly meetings and teach something out of that book. And, and that, that's really how I wanted to have it structured, where it wasn't just mm-hmm. emotional. It was really technical and, and breaks down how to do things. So I'm really excited for it to come out. And, you know, maybe when it does, we can talk more about it at that time. It'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun to sit down with you again. Yes, of course. We'll love to for you come back, talk about a book. And everybody, you know, really drum roll until the day the book is out. And... <laughs> And you're talking about selling. You really want to, you know, look all the um, whole circle back then. You talk about at the beginning of your journey, your career, you were, you know, knocking on the doors, uh, asking for lodgings. And today you are expert. You are passionate about selling. You, are, of course, not afraid of failure or, you know, people say no. And in a book, Failing Forward, is that the number one difference between achieving people versus Average people is the perception of failure. And you touched base earlier about success and what failure meant to you. I'm curious, first of all, what's is failure meant to you? And how does that, do you just get stronger, stronger as you go? And that's why you're better at selling? How do you see failure? I'm curious, as you know, from the sales yeah. perspective. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I, I definitely have a fear of failure. I think everybody does, right? Nobody wants to fail. You do? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I think the difference is they talk about the difference between cows and rhinoceros, right? A rhinoceros, if it sees a storm, storm coming, will run into the storm, whereas a cow mm-hmm. will run away from the storm. And the reason that there's a difference is because mm-hmm. you know, a cow sees a storm coming and runs away from it. And since it's running with the storm, the storm stays on the, crowd, on the cow for longer, right? <laughs> whereas a rhinoceros that runs into the storm, the storm passes and the rhinoceros gets out of the storm quicker. So I think, mm. I think you, you learn having gone through failures and, and by running into the storm, you learn very quickly that it's a, the storm is usually not as bad as it seems. Mm-hmm. But when you run away from it, it, it stays with you for a long time and it, it, could become the, it could become the thing that you live in constantly. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I have a fear of failure. I think, uh, I think most people do, but uh, I think from doing the things that we've done in the past and, and learning from those and having successes and having failures from trying mm-hmm. has made us a little more calloused. You know, uh, you, we don't bruise, mm-hmm. I don't bruise as easy. I think from failure just because I understand that that's just part of it and you need to have failure to, to, to achieve anything in life. This is incredible, Dan. I, I love everything you said. It's so, so wonderful. And I'm curious, you know, Dan, of course, today you had this beautiful life that you have lived and you've done so many incredible things, so many incredible thoughts. I'm curious, you know, if, if I have this magic wand, I can help you go back to any point of time, change anything you want. I'm curious, would you change anything on your journey? If so, what it is? Oh man, when I bought that 10,000 shares of Apple when it was at $13 a share, could you uh, <laughs> tell me that selling at 26 would be a dumb idea? <laughs> Ouch. Oh uh, yeah, if I, I, I tell people all the time, I said, if I had just gone into a coma and woken <laughs> up in 2020, that, that'd be worth you know tens of millions of dollars at this point. So uh, anyway, live and learn. No, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, it'd be so easy to go back and say, Hey, I want to change this or change that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a butterfly effect. You know, if, if I change anything, would I have, would mm-hmm. I have my kids? Would I, would I have the friends I have? Would I be in the, you know, would I be living the life that I'm living right now, which I, I love, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. things can always be better. I don't, I don't think my life is perfect by any means, but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely, I've been very fortunate. You know, I haven't, lost anybody super close to me in a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have lost some friends and whatnot, but I mean, in, in general, my life has been incredibly good and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And uh, no, I, I wouldn't change anything. I love that. And, you know, today, Dan, you know, we are so, so honored you are here on the show with us. And all the time, our audience who are, you know, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who wanted to make something happen just like you did. And of course, this year has been you no know, challenging time with the pandemic for all of us. I'm curious, you know, do you have any advice or last piece of thought you want to share with entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, really how to go out there and make their dream come true? What would you say? I think, you know, I, I mentioned before my, my, my mythology I live by, right? It's all about good times. <laughs> Find the things that you love to do mm-hmm. and be passionate about it. You know, um, I, I just know that there's so many people that when they go into something, they think, okay, well, what is the average person doing this? You know, screw that. Forget that. You know, ask yourself, what can you do if you were to do it at the highest level possible? Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to college, I, I started as an engineer. I finished as a business major. And my dad got so upset with me because I wanted to change. And he told me about what an average engineer makes this much. An average business guy only makes this much. Right. And I said, yeah, but what's the top business guy make? <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, if, if you're really worried about the money, 
what is the top guy make? You know, I said, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to school to be average. I'm not going to school to, to be okay. You know, average is the top of the bottom. It's the bottom of the top. It's, you know, it, it's not, it's not a place where I want to live. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, if, if you want to go out there and you want to accomplish at a really high level, mm-hmm. put your head down, be absolutely committed that no matter what happens, you're, you're going to con- continue driving forward because you're going to hit major barriers. You're going to hit a point where you feel like you can't go on mm-hmm. and you need to break through that barrier and keep going if you want to succeed because it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Dan, I love that. I really love what you just shared with your dad. And, you know, so interesting. We are looking at statistics, the average number, average this. And actually thinking about Dan. I'm not here to be average. I'm here to be extraordinary. And when you see it that way and actually thinking about how good can it get, how great the journey can be, I'm going to go out there, make my dream happen. And I love, 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 you know, your journey you share with, you know, such a passion. Just it's all about good times with a wonderful, you know, incredible discipline and focus and really just make it happen. I'm just so, so honored that you are here sharing such a beautiful story, your wisdom, your insights, truly. It just so inspired me. And I know all of the audience who are watching right now and watching later. So I really want to honor and thank you so much, Dan, for being here, for being you, for being such incredible, incredible, inspiring figures for me. Thank you for having me here. This has been an absolute blast and a great way to start the day. And I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. This is a, this is a great podcast and this is a lot of fun to be a part of it with you. So thank you. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed today as much as I do. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.